0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Aftersight. I'm your host, Penn Street. And don't forget that December 6th is Colorado's Gives Day. So we really, really rely on donations from amazing people just like you guys out there in podcast land to keep our services free for everybody who struggles with reading print and we want to make sure that we do keep everything for free for everybody, um, and we really, really do rely on you guys. So you, it's, you don't have to wait until December 6th. Um, you can go onto our, our website right now at aincolorado.org, and right there on the landing page, you can make your donation, and it all will go towards Colorado's Day. Our goal this year is $15,000. We already have a good start on it, but we need your help. Every single dollar counts. So now I've already given, uh, two days ago, I went on and made my annual donation for Colorado's Give Days to Audio Information Network of Colorado. So now it's your turn. And again, every single dollar helps out. Today, my guest is Evan Starnes, and Evan is AINC's audio production technician, and his voice might sound a little familiar to some of you um, because he, Evan has been on several different of our podcasts including um, he's also actually helped me co-host several times, and he also does a lot of our PSA announcements. So today, Evan and I are going to talk about our blindness. Is it a badge of shame or is it a badge of honor? And I'm really, really looking forward to this topic, especially with Evan, because he just reminded me that I have been trying to get him on <laughs> Aftersight for a long time, for over a year now, and he <laughs> <Yeah>. finally <laughs> we finally got him. So um, so when we come back, you know, make sure you stay tuned. When we come back, Evan and I will dive into the topic head first and with our eyes closed.
1: You're listening to Aftersight with Penn Street, an AINC original podcast. If you enjoy what you hear, please visit AINColorado.org for more shows, news, and articles read by our amazing staff and volunteers. If you have a question for Penn or would like to recommend a guest for future shows, please visit AINColorado.org slash podcast guest. And now, here's your host, Penn Street. Evan,
0: welcome to Aftersight.
1: Hey, it's so totally great to be here. I'm kind of thrilled. Not going (laughs) to lie.
0: Uh, I promise, everybody, I do not have him duct taped to a chair. (laughs) Uh, Maybe. (laughs) Some secrets secrets need to stay secret.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But the enthusiasm's real.
0: Exactly. Well, Evan, as you know, I'd love to start off my show with some quick-fire questions so that the audience can get to know you just a little bit better before we dive in. Is that okay with you?
1: Of course. Absolutely.
0: I'm waiting for somebody to say, uh, no, I don't want to do that. But so far, so far, knock on wood, everybody's agreed. Um, So
1: I could have been here first.
0: (laughs) You could have. Evan, I know you you just turned 21 recently, but would you prefer a cold (laughs) beer or hot coffee?
1: You know, honestly, I drink way more hot coffee. So I would definitely prefer a hot coffee. It's just relaxing. Oh, uh, making an Irish coffee, and I'm even more happy.
0: Oh, <laughs> especially today <laughs> here in Colorado, it oh, is yeah. definitely winter is here today. So, um, yeah. Evan, are you? Do you would you consider yourself a traveler or a homebody?
1: I would most definitely consider myself a homebody. Now it's weird though, because if you get me traveling, then I'm kind of in that mindset. And I'm like, uh, I'm totally in the zone. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Otherwise, I'm chill at home.
0: Yeah, I'm a mix. I would say I'm 50 50 in both areas. Because I mean, I, I'm like you once I'm out there, I love it. But to actually get motivated to do all the planning and everything that that part's not fun for me.
1: <laughs> not takes a, it takes a couple friends usually. Yeah, that's usually what helps.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So Evan, if you had a chance, a choice of winning the lottery, Or finding your soulmate, which would you, which would you
1: do? You know, I definitely pick finding my soulmate, Mm -hmm. even though I feel like I already have, but definitely would pick finding my soulmate because, I mean, money cannot buy happiness and it definitely can't buy me love. Yeah. We'll reference the Beatles song here, one Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Um, But soulmates are just, you know, they can provide more than money. And money's great, but it it really, I think if I had all the money in the world, or if I had lottery money, I really wouldn't be truly happy.
0: Mm. Yeah, soulmates are hard to come by. I agree. And, you know, I agree. Money is nice, but you can't snuggle up to money or... You know,
1: you know, and the difference is, is a soulmate's with you for life. This money might necessarily not be.
0: That's true. That's true. That's true. And I think, too, having that kind of money almost stereotypes you. And so...
1: Oh, that's true. It'll stereotype you as the very rich, very wealthy, flexy kind of person that has the gold-plated doorknobs you know what i mean yeah 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 yeah
0: Yeah. well you know my soulmate as moses and i would not trade him for all the lottery money in the world so
1: so that's that's understandable
0: (laughs) all right would you rather have a funny story or a one-liner
1: i'd rather have a funny story i'm a very humor humor humor-oriented guy Mm.
0: your one-liners are pretty good though i have to say
1: well, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> okay, now you better be prepared for this one. What's your theme song? Oh boy!
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know that's weird because it has been changing because I've you know been trying to figure that out, but mm, I don't know. For some reason today it's been "That's Life" by Frank Sinatra. Just because oh. I honestly that's the that's been the thing I've been figuring out is like what really, what life is really like, you know, transitioning from being a kid to being an adult and, you know, getting all these responsibilities. I also love that song too, but. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's a good so one. It's definitely not, a it's not, a, it's a very positive thing. Yeah. For sure.
0: Yeah. That's great. We well, can't go wrong with Frank Sinatra anyway, so.
1: No, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs>
0: Well, Evan. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Because you know you work at AINC, you're a student. You know you you actually have a life outside of work, and I know you're really really busy. And I know this time of year with school can be really stressful. Um, and so thanks for thanks for taking the time to do this today.
1: So well, yeah, thanks for making it happen.
0: Absolutely. Well, Evan, I know that you were born uh, with vision loss. Um, do you remember going back to that little kid when you realized that not everybody saw the way you saw?
1: You know, of course, yes, it does. And I, I do kind of remember realizing that when I really got into like the public world, if you will, Yeah. you know? and I got out of my little bubble, out of my house. Yes. And it was weird. It was a very weird discovery.
0: Yeah. I know one of our board members, Cindy Vaughn, shout out to Cindy. She's um, yep. She's deaf and blind. And she said it actually took her, because both of her parents um, have visual impairments as well as hearing, hard of hearing. And It wasn't until she actually was, I don't know if it was kindergarten or first grade that she grasped that other kids didn't see the way she did or hear the way she did, um, because that's what, that's what she was surrounded with.
1: For me, it was kindergarten. And it was actually like around a few weeks in when I was walking in the halls and I was just kind of, you know, walking. I don't actually remember where I was walking to. I think it was like to recess or something like that. And then this kid was just like, over here, Evan, over here, Evan. And then a lot of, and then I started noticing it more and more and more. And I'm like, wait a minute, they don't see me like they see everybody else. Hmm. And it was, it wasn't exactly, I mean, for a kindergarten, I didn't really care. But I mean, for, if I was older, it would have been a bit more of like a, you know, punch in the face.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, when I, you know, I, I lost my vision when I was nine and when I went back to school, it was really obvious. And I think what happened that probably the teachers told all the other students that when I came back, oh, wow. I was they to be really careful and, you know, I was fragile and all of this because I was a total tomboy. And then when I came back to school, everybody treated me like I was this super fragile China doll. And it, mm-hmm. it mentally, it was extremely difficult. And then also getting told, you can't do this. You can't do that anymore, you know, and, and having pushed down on the sidelines, you know, during recess or PE, those kinds of things.
1: Um, yeah, that's a challenge. It's a real challenge. Yeah. I used to be able to, I used to like go out on recess and ask if I could play like, Hey, can I play a game of tetherball? And sometimes, you know, if they were my friends, they'd be like, sure. And we'd play a game of tetherball, but I had kids just be like, no, wow, go away.
0: I think they, because they knew yeah, that you would, a that you would beat them. That's probably why. Because
1: <laughs> I actually did one.
0: Because I actually, because I'm, I, I'm tall. I'm five nine. In, in you know, in comparison to most women, five nine is tall. And I feel like I've been five nine since I was like in fifth grade. And because of that tallness, and I have really long arms, I was really good at tetherball. And so, um, and. The, what I realized is that I had to be really aggressive in the beginning, and I had to win right off. Because the minute the other person got the ball, I was toast. But if I had the ball, and um, I, I was really aggressive at the other ball, <laughs> and I think people didn't nice. like to play with me because I was pretty aggressive. But because
1: um, you'd want them
0: exactly, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, So, Evan, today we're talking about sort of the mindset of badge of shame or badge of honor. Have you ever felt shame because of your vision loss?
1: Absolutely, I have. Mm. Um, There's been many different examples. Uh, Even, I'd say recently, as in like a, a year ago, I felt a little bit of shame. But it's not, I mean, it's not as bad as it used to be. But yes. I absolutely have
0: So what changed?
1: What changed is honestly going and being around other blind people mm-hmm. and really talking about it with them and, you know, talking about how I feel very so um, self-conscious and how I feel kind of like my blindness should not be a weakness, but I feel like it is. And it just kind of took other people like, you know, seeing what other people have done, seeing people with other blind people with jobs and a successful career and you know, living the life. It really took that to to change my mindset. Wow. Going to I, I went to a training program and that also helped me out too.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, I I can definitely relate to that. Um I mean I was I don't think my mom was ashamed of my blindness. I think it was more, she was just super overprotected because she was visually impaired and she thought people would take advantage of me if they knew that I was visually impaired. But I think that sort of translated to me as shame. And, and then I didn't want to use a cane, um, you know, and part of what changed that was, was my guide dog. When I finally realized I could have a guide dog and because, you know, with my syndrome, I can't be around dog hair. And I thought all dogs, you know, guide dogs were labs and shepherds. So when I first got my first guide dog, I think that was the beginning of that shift from shame to a badge of honor, because I love my guy dogs as you know, <laughs> Evan and oh yeah I think I think that that helped and it was definitely meeting other people who were who were blind and they weren't ashamed and and definitely meeting Eric Wyaime was a huge huge shift for me because Eric he... At least not now. I mean, I know he talks about it in his books and stuff about when he was a kid. You know, he did go through some of that, like all kids do. But as an adult, he's not hes not ashamed of his blindness on any level.
1: Oh, no, I'd say he's the opposite. He's like, he, he totally wears that as a glowing badge of honor. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. Yeah, and I know, you know, like, you know, I don't know if you've ever read the book, The Scarlet Letter. And... Uh-huh. I, how do you think that we can eat, change that mindset? Or, or is it a prejudice? And because it does seem like uh, definitely kids, I know like kids and teenagers are more likely to feel that shame than than adults. But then now that I'm sitting here saying that out loud, I know I work with a lot of senior citizens who are losing their vision. And I think most of them are, they feel shame around their vision loss. Like what, what do you think, Evan, that we, like when, I guess it's a two-part question. Why do you think it is? And then how can we change that?
1: I think it's because this world is unfortunately so centered around sight. Like literally people Do so many things with their site Even stuff that I would never have expected like Opening a door For instance people look for the door handle Rather than feeling for it and Honestly I am i think the Best way to change it is just kind of It's going to be It's just a gradual thing you just have to show People what it's really Like not it's you have to show People what it's like to have that badge of honor Mm. And how it changes your life literally makes your life go a full 360. If you know what, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's, so you're saying it's more like society, society says we should be ashamed.
1: Uh, Yes, absolutely. And I've seen, I've seen it in on Facebook posts. I've seen, I've even seen books about it where um, the, Unfortunately, I hate to say this, but like the, uh, you know, if there's a blind person in a book, they're usually like depicted as this person that's always being helped around, and even in movies. Um, and this is something that has always busted my butt. Yeah, busted my (laughs) butt. That sounds cheesy, but it it frustrates me to no end when I see movies where people where blind people are, you know, they're they they're all the same. They it's what I call the Stevie Wonder stereotype. And yeah. I love Stevie Wonder, yeah. don't get me wrong, but they assume that every blind person, you know, wears glasses and, or eye shades, and that they run around and feel things and bump into stuff. And <laughs> it's just a, it is a prejudice too. Yeah. Cause you brought that up. It's a hundred percent a total prejudice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I know I, people often tell me that I don't look like a blind person. And, uh, and you and I I've have. Yeah. Before. And when I ask them, well, what does a blind person look like? They don't really have a good solid answer. And no, it's like I, I, I'm trying to think of another example in my world where I lump everybody together, but I can't. I mean, I do it with if somebody has a very serious Southern accent. <laughs> like Southern, like I think we all Arkansas do. accent. I, I will, I will lump them together with other people that I know that have a similar accent, but it's not a negative. I wouldn't say it's a negative thing. It's not a, I don't look at them as shameful. Like it's, I guess right. I stereotype them, but it's not a, it's not a negative thing.
1: It's just a thing. It's a stereotype. And I think we all do that, especially with the people with the southern accent. We all kind of assume they're all that same kind of beer drinking, you know, yeah. that that type. And um, I mean, I do the same. I, I, you can do it even based on settings. Like, um, for instance, I'll go into a Best Buy and I'll assume that everybody that works there is a like a very tech literate and very geeky kind of person. And I mean, usually, I mean, it's Best Buy; they are, but. Yeah. <laughs> You never know. There might just be somebody trying to get some extra money and they might not know anything about tech.
0: Oh, so that's interesting. It's almost like a, a reverse stereotype, right? So you're... Yep. Yeah. Wow, I never thought about you that. Say that. When I I never thought about that. So I, you know, I'm a lion um, and I, I with Lions Club International and I found out through a, a secret source and I won't give the person's name away, but they told me recently that most lions don't think that I'm actually blind, that it's just an act. Really? Yeah. And which is really, really bizarre coming from the lions because, you know, they're supposed to be knights of the blind and all that. And at first, when this person told me that, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But then I'm like, (laughs) no, it's not cool because I am. (laughs) And, you know, I think it's like, If somebody said, you know, well, Penn's not really a nice person. She's just pretending to be a nice person. Or Penn's not really a hard worker. She's just pretending to be a hard worker. So I, and, and actually, I've thought about it way more than I probably should be thinking about it. If it's actually an insult, because just because I am acclimated to my vision loss, and I trust my skills, and I trust the tools that I use, that this group of people don't think that I belong. It is an insult. It it, it is just bizarre to me um, when I hear things like that. And I get that a lot with Beethoven, my guide dog, is people just, most people take it for granted that I'm a trainer. And is it something i am always like, is it something that I'm doing? Or is it something they're seeing that's not there?
1: I don't know. You know, I've gotten that insult before, too. And it's it literally is. It's just back to those silly stereotypes. They assume if they see somebody with a cane walking very confidently, you know, with a good long stride and their head up, if they see them walking down the street, they will assume that they're impersonating a blind person. And I hate to say that there are people out there that do impersonate blind people, and th- I mean, yes, those people are disgusting, but that that also does hurt the blind community as well because it does cause that. That is honestly where those insults have come from. Mm-hmm. Is those I've I've heard of people that have you know stood on corners with a cane and they um, they're like selling. Well, there's a there's an example from this book, I funny that I read back in like middle school. It was a blind guy reading or, um, he was a blind person that was an impersonation or he was an impersonator. Oh, bad. Yeah. And he was on the street corner selling pencils. And this guy was acting, this kid was, um, the main character was actually in a wheelchair and he was waiting for a taxi. And the, um, um, the blind person finished, you know, selling, um, selling pencils. He put down his cane, and you know, he was like, "Hey, wheelchair kid, this is my spot," and he could clearly see him. Oh. So that's what caused that. I'm pretty sure that's what caused a lot of what you what you were experiencing. And I mean, it's it's gotten bad too, because uh, I'll just very quickly shout out. I, I've had a I had a friend who actually got smacked by a woman because. She, quote, wasn't blind enough, <gasps> and she was just casually waiting at a bus stop, and this lady just was like, came up to and, and was like, yeah, you're not blind enough, and yeah, smacked her really hard in the face. Oh,
0: my gosh. And,
1: yeah. so wow. it, It's a struggle. And it's really, I don't even know, I don't even know how to respond to it. Wow. Wow.
0: I, I've, we've talked a little bit about this, but I we've talked about how you know i'll be in the grocery store or you know wherever and have random people come up to me and ask if they can pray for me to heal yes. heal my blindness so it's interesting to me because what are those people seeing cuz those people are seeing me that i'm so blind i need to be healed <laughs> while
1: well, uh, yeah. well,
0: other people are looking at me, going, "Oh, she's just not really blind." Like, what? Where do you think that comes from? On the other person's side,
1: I think that comes from. Um, I don't want to say it's a biblical thing. I mean, yes, there is the biblical thing of, you know, the the blind shall see and all that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know the full quote right now off the top of my head. But it, it kind of comes from, they, they, they see sight as, you know, the, the sense to rule them all essentially. And they think that because we lack it, that we are, uh, I don't use this lightly, that we are broken. And I've even had that word used to me before in, um, well, in a church setting, I'll admit. And, um, it really does. It kind of comes from just a, It could be a religious standpoint. Obviously, they're asking to pray for you. So that really kind of just confirms that in a way.
0: Yeah, that that definitely gives me flashbacks to being a kid. Um, You know, my parents were very religious and would take me to revivals. And Billy Graham, I don't know if you know the person's name, but he was a huge evangelist and was one of the first tv evangelists that got really popular and my grandfather and i did not know this until i was in my adulthood my grandfather sent money every single week to billy graham to preach so i i would be on his special prayer list and and of course when i was an adult. And I found out about this. I was actually very angry because you shouldn't have to pay somebody to be on a prayer list for one, but also I was actually very close to my grandfather and we spent so much time together and I never th- I never knew that he looked at me that way that I was like you said like that I was broken and that I I needed to be fixed. And and I remember even in like church revivals because the way the the preacher would always convey it is that if you believe enough you will be healed. Like that's that's and I I look back at that now and I'm like that is really horrible to do to a child. Um, Because it's basically like, well, you're not healed, so you must not believe. And it didn't matter how much I believed. Because I believed. (laughs) I really, really believed, And it didn't. When I opened my eyes, I was still the same person I was before. And, but over and over and over that happened and i hit a point like well wait what if what if god wants me to be this way he i i was made in his image or that's what the bible says so Mm -hmm. why you know i'm he must not be healing me because he he thinks i'm okay and i that was a real life change for me to to realize that and I shared this with somebody a couple of days ago on Monday, I had a doctor's appointment and I had to take Lyft um, to go to the doctor's appointment. And I just, the, the, the driver was amazing, you know, shout out to him. And when he dropped me off, he said one of the coolest things to me that nobody has ever said in my entire existence. He said, he said, when God made you, he got it right. And I, it, I got emotional because it's always been the opposite, <laughs> you know? And so yeah. that, that badge of shame can come from so many avenues, you know, and that just, the more we talk about it, Evan, it's like, gosh, no wonder, <laughs> you know, at the beginning of this conversation, I thought, oh, well, you know, we look different or act different or we have to use different tools to get around. Well, that's probably where it came from. But now that you and I are talking, I'm like, oh my gosh, it comes, like you said, it comes from the media. It comes, you
1: yeah, know. It, it comes from, every talking of the media does. It comes from media. It comes from books and, well, that's part of the media. And it comes from gossip. And I mean, there's been, media that have caused protests from blind people because of how it degrades them yeah you know, how it degrade well how it degrades us it's just yeah and talking on the topic of that on the topic of prayer and the topic of how we're meant to see this world yeah um for a while i did believe that i you know i'd be healed in fact there was a um there was a turning point for me a, a while back there was this my dad used to work at a mall and there was this lady that used to sell pretzels and it was weird. Cause I had ran into her and she had a talking clock that she gave to me, but she prayed for me to be healed. And she had prayed that, you know, I would just wake up the next day and phew, I'd be able to see again. And it, um, you know, I woke up the next day and obviously I couldn't. And eventually I kind of, you know, started to really question if, healing my blindness was really, you know, how it was supposed to be. And I eventually started to realize that I don't, that it wasn't. And that this is how I was really meant to see this world. And my mom, shout out to my mom, if you're listening, mom, has always told me that it was a gift. And that Mm -hmm. this is just the way I was meant to live. And I think, honestly, that's the best Best way to put it for anybody that's blind, it is a it is a gift, and you may you can totally treat it as it's a gift.
0: Yeah, yeah, that and that's where it kind of shifts over, right, to that badge of honor. You know, is yep. it's because I I mean I tell people I love my life. I really do love my life, and I have my life in a large part because of my vision loss. It, you know, it really did. It brought people into my life that would not be in my life if, you know, if I hadn't lost my vision. And and I've met some really incredible people, and still do. I get to hang out with really cool people. And you know, do people ask you that, Evan? Do they ask you? You know, do you if you could get your vision back, you would?
1: All the time. Uber Uber drivers and Lyft drivers, especially. <laughs> And and when I tell them no, obviously, mo- the reaction is shock. Mm. Um, because they think that, you know, I can just get my vision back and still live my life normally. That's interesting. But that is honestly a whole topic, too, in and of itself. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah, I wonder when people ask us that, if there's something we could ask them that makes them understand why. I don't know. Like, I don't know.
1: Like, I'm trying Um, to think of
0: something that's in comparison, but I really, I can't think of anything.
1: Usually, well, this is the problem is it really has to do with how you became blind and how you were brought up and how you were basically taught to live and i guess the the thing i always tell drivers is that i would basically if i got my site back i'd basically have to relearn how to live my life i'd have to learn print i'd have to learn what colors meant and i'd have to learn how to use a computer without a screen reader although probably wouldn't do that very often yeah i basically have to just relearn how to live and it's easier to, um, like, I know how to live blind so well that it would honestly do more damage than anything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I know there's been books written about that, about, you know, and I think there was even a movie about that. Um, oh, I cannot think of them. Um, he lost his vision. He was actually a massage therapist, and then he mm-hmm. had surgery to regain his vision. And it actually yeah. sent him into a horrible spiral because his life, he didn't know how to live in that life,
1: yeah. you know? And that can be said for all sorts of other disabilities. I mean, people in wheelchairs, some people are actually, you know, they, wear, they use that wheelchair as a badge of honor and they yeah. would rather live their life in a wheelchair than out of it.
0: Yeah. I wonder, though, is there something that you could compare with people who who don't have a, quote, disability? Like, what what would be something? And maybe you and I don't know what that would be, because we can't imagine it. But, like, like, I know with my husband, you know, as he's getting older, he can't do photography like he did when he was younger. But it's not... Uh, it's not, you know, I, I don't know, like I was trying to think of something that's in comparison, but I, I don't know what that would be.
1: I don't know, I've thought about it as if like you were born with this amazing superpower, like, here's a good analogy, like if you were born with the ability to read minds and then you just all of a sudden lost that ability and you use that and that was sent your life was centered around that ability almost perhaps it's i don't know i since you brought it up i have been like thinking of analogies but it is it is surprisingly difficult to come up with one
0: yeah yeah and and i wonder if it's because you know like as people get older their lives do change right like you change careers you're you you have a family, your family leaves because they grown up like you do go through all these changes and people adapt, but maybe it's because it happens. On a slower level, they don't see it as such a big change. I don't know.
1: I believe you're right, because I mean, life is always happening and changes are always happening, but a lot of those big life changes do take years to happen and you can anticipate them happening whereas a blindness cure i mean yes you can anticipate it happening but it's like it's like sudden yeah. and you and the thing is is that well you mm. don't exactly you can't exactly not reverse it i mean yeah you could put on like a blindfold but then you'd have to you'd be really ridic, ridiculed for it yeah And you'd have to walk around with that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, Evan, I know you're like you're out and about a lot, you know, like you're on campus, you know, going to work, you know, you're a pretty social guy. Do you feel like you're part of that change of that kind of scarlet letter of blindness? Or do you just not care? (laughs) Like,
1: Oh, I absolutely care. It's actually a passion of mine. I, I love bringing positive change to this world. And I feel like we are all put on this earth to make change positive or unfortunately negative. And I mean, we all can leave it. Um, we can all leave our own trail. And so that's exactly what I'm trying to do is leave that trail and leave that mark. And you know, I do go, you know, to campus and work, but I am I'm not as social as I was, but I do. I when I'm out there, I'm always if if somebody has questions about blindness or if somebody does something that I don't like, I'm always trying to use that as a a teaching opportunity. Mm.
0: Do you think it is possible to change in a big way?
1: I believe it is. I I don't want to say it's not because now, it's not going to be 100% change. It's, there's no way it's going to be a night and day change, but I I believe it's possible to create at least more significant change. And perhaps that more significant change might end up bullying bullying, bullying and actually becoming bigger change. Um, It's just that we're so... We, we, It's just not enough progress has been made to actually really see if that's possible. Yeah.
0: It's always... I would say sad is the right word (laughs) to me when like, like, you know, I I love skiing and I would say the majority of the time I'm skiing, I am the only blind person on the entire mountain. And that makes me sad. Or if I'm paddle boarding, I'm, pretty guaranteed the only person on that entire lake that's blind um
1: well yeah
0: i mean to the point like even like if i'm in a grocery store or something and if there's another blind person in there my husband who i love dearly he'll come running pen Ben, there's another blind person <laughs> you know like <laughs> it's christmas right and i am drawn to them you know, I, I really want to go over and say, Hey, how's it going?
1: It's I do the same. And I kind of use it as like a status symbol. I'm like, Hey, what kind of cane are you using? Are you not? Are you using an NFB cane? Stuff like that. I'll do the same.
0: Okay. I thought I was the only weird one that did that.
1: (laughs) No, I I actually love it. And I will often go and um, do it publicly. I'll go and talk to the other person about you know, hey, what's the, um, how do you, how do you like the latest iOS update or how do you like the latest note taker that's out now or something like that? And I'll totally make it a thing. Yeah. Wow. Kind of as a petty thing because I have had times where I feel left out and, um, or, and also just as kind of a, I love getting to know people kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. High school, for instance, was I can compare your analogies of paddleboarding and skiing to high school because I went to a high school of about 1,500 students, and I, at least for the first year, for the first and 30 years, I was most definitely the only blind person, the only cane user at that school. And it was, it definitely was a bit of a hard pill, hard pill to swallow for sure.
0: Wow. So,
1: I call it more of a bummer. Sorry. Yeah.
0: But where are we? Like, where is everybody? We're not that small of a population. Like, where is everybody?
1: We're in our subculture. Blind people. Um, An Uber driver really put it well for me. They have, We have a subculture that we're all kind of just comfortably hanging around in. You know, we have our, each organization has their respective convention and, um, you know, we all have our little social gatherings. But. I don't feel like enough blind people are really getting out there and, you know, trying to have a social life. And now you can say, oh, I'm trying, but there's the best phrase, the best quote I've heard from Star Wars is do or do not. There is no try. (laughs) And you really do. If you want, if you really want your social life, it's it's not going to just, well, 99.9% of the time, it's not going to just come to you. You really are going to have to, like, get up grab your cane or guide dog open your door step out there and actually walk it you know walk the sidewalks and just do it and it will you'll be surprised at how easily it will come to you in a way. Mm.
0: yeah and do you think that do you think part of the reason they're not out being social is because of that badge of shame
1: absolutely and it is really hard to get past that badge of shame and it's really hard to just process the fact that it's not that it's not going to just magically vanish on you you know you got you have to take the initiative
0: yeah but it but it is hard i mean it is hard but i think there are so many things in life that are hard right <laughs> and mm-hmm. it i i just get really frustrated with couch potatoes. And I know that that's a choice (laughs) and I should respect it, but it's hard for me to respect that choice. But I just, and I think maybe it's just because of who I am and who you are and that we didn't want that as our lane, I guess. And
1: yeah, Yeah, definitely. But I. You know what? My philosophy has always been. Sorry, but no, you go. Okay, I'll just tell you. My philosophy has always been, and I've always firmly believed that I have one life and I choose how I want to live my life. And I would personally rather not. I I would regret living the rest of my life as a couch potato at the end. And it would. I would. I just. Since I have the opportunity to change my life, I think that I'm I'm taking it and I encourage anybody else listening to take it. You have one life to live. If you really want to live it as a couch potato, have it your way. But you know? Yeah.
0: But it's so much get, more this fun out there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right? It's so much more People fun out
0: Yeah, I have a quote. I have no idea. I heard it. Forever and ever ago, when I was in my 20s, uh, when I was taking self-defense courses, and it was, I'd rather die standing than live on my knees. And that goes along with your, you know, you have one life, and yeah. own it, right?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, we're and we're responsible for the consequences of the choices we make.
1: Now, I'll admit it might sound totally cliche. you know you might have heard all this inspirational nonsense in the past, but trust <laughs> me, it's a cliche because it's bloody true, and it, it it's literally it that's it it's the a hundred percent unaltered truth, yeah
0: absolutely so Evan, what would you like our audience out there in podcast land to take away today?
1: I'd really like them to take away that whether you've lost your vision recently or whether you were born without any vision, making the positive change, it's not going to look like flipping a switch. It's going to be kind of a very gradual thing. So getting out there, you know, maybe going to a restaurant or whatever, it's going to be just take it in steps. You know, if you want to make that positive change and you want to have a better life, take baby steps, you know, get out there for, you know, maybe go on a walk for, if you've, haven't done that before or and then eventually step up to walk to your local gas station or whatever and just take little baby steps and gradually just embrace the social life mm. and you even you don't even have to be that social just but seriously getting out there it's great for for your soul and it's just it's great for you and everybody else because you can be that you don't even have to be a teacher you can just be that that light pretty much. Mm,
0: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, well, Evan, um, what, if people would like to reach out to you, um, maybe for some advice or just to learn more about AIMC, how would how do they do that?
1: Oh, sure. Um, you, I'll, I'll plug my staff email in you, you, anybody listening, feel free to email me Um, And my email is evan, E-V-A-N, at A-I-N, Colorado.org. And if I don't get right back to you, you know, right away, rest assured, I will get back to you when I can. And I'm always down to talk with anybody. If anybody needs some inspiration or just advice on, I I don't like to say this too much because some people take it for granted, tech advice. I'm always here, and I love teaching people. And just if I can be the person to, you know, make change in somebody's life, that makes me, that makes me ha- happier than anything else, actually.
0: Yeah, and Evan is going to be starting his his own podcast in the new year. Do you want to yes. share, share about that a little bit?
1: Yes. So. For those who don't know, AINC is a volunteer-driven organization. We have hun- over a hundred volunteers that read all of our um, um, all of our audio editions. You know, all of our newspapers and magazines. And there are just those special volunteers that stand out above everybody else. And we 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 nominate them as the Volunteer of the Month. We give them a special spot on their website. And we'll even have a little like a a web player with their latest with the latest episode of their show, where listeners can, you know, listen to their voice and you know, and we'll share a little story about them, how they became a volunteer. So, what this show is is a it's a it's a podcast form of that. So what we're what I'm gonna do is interview volunteers, and you know, just ask them how they found out about AINC, how long they've been a volunteer, what makes them keep coming back and what motivates them to volunteer and read the you know read those papers and commit to it and so it's going to be a podcast all about you know it gives a volunteer a chance to be under the spotlight yeah hence its name volunteer spotlight
0: exactly and i will definitely be plugging it in the new year's um to make sure everybody can find you. And then you're also working with our podcast producer, Jonathan, um, with a, with a podcast called B-L-
1: BLT. BLT.
0: <laughs> I don't eat BLT. Not
1: bacon, lettuce, and I Blind and, level and yeah, I don't I,
0: like I don't eat BLT's, never have had one in my life. So I'm always like, I knew it was an acronym for something. Um, but yeah, so that's, I'm super excited about too. Um and that will also be coming out in the new year that and I'll definitely be giving shout That's shout-outs. gonna be a fun one. Yeah, yeah. So all things tech. So Evan. Yeah,
1: if you want to hear a couple nerds talk yeah. about tech and obsessed, <laughs> there you go. That's your home. Yep,
0: that'll that'll be all you'll you guys will be all over that. Evan, I always I've been asking you a million questions. I always give my guests an opportunity to ask me a question. Do you have a question for me?
1: I do. Um how old were you when you first made that change? And when, and maybe you answered this in a previous episode when you interviewed yourself. But how old were you when you first made that change? And you're like, you know what? I don't want to live my life depressed. I want to. Um, I need to make this change. I want to live the life I want to live.
0: Oh, it. I, I was one. I was somebody who didn't really come into that until my adulthood. Um, and it, it came about, I was in charge of a group of high school students that were blind that I met them on a rock climbing trip. And I was supposed to be the one in charge of them. <laughs> and, um, we had to hike from the lodge up to the, the rock face. And I had been up there the day before, so I kind of knew the route, but I was not using a cane. I still was blind, legally blind. I could see better than I see now, but I was definitely legally <laughs> beyond legally blind. And um, yes. so we got up the next day. I got all of the students ready and everything. And there was a couple of teachers with us, and one of them had a map. And she pulls out this map, and I, I said, "Okay, let's go." She goes, "Oh, Pen, you're going the wrong way." And I said, "Well, n- um, I don't I don't think so." And she goes, no, 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 I have the map here. So she said, oh, we're supposed to turn left here or whatever it was. And so we did. Well, it didn't take very long. I was totally lost because I did—I had no clue where we were. I'd never been on that trail before. And I was too embarrassed to say that that I had gotten us lost. And so what I did is... I, cl- I told everybody to stop that I was gonna find a shortcut. And I just went off into the woods and basically had a complete meltdown by myself. And so I went back and I said, well, actually the trail doesn't go any further. We're gonna have to do a little bit of backtracking, um, but we're headed in the right direction. It's just, this trail is not that correct. And they were all like, oh, that's fine. You know, and I kept everybody talking and everything. And when we finally got up to the where we were supposed to be climbing, the other guides were there and they took me to the side and said, what happened? We were worried sick about you guys. And I said, I'll I'll go over it later. But everybody's fine. There was nobody got hurt or anything. And so we did the, you know, rock climbing. And then afterwards, we. Went back down to the lodge, which to get up there took like an hour, and it took 15 minutes to get back. And I, we got back, and and I, we huddled up, and I said, "It's my fault. I, you know, I did not go the way that I knew that we were supposed to go, and the and the route that I had, you know, picked out to go. Um, and I didn't have the confidence in myself. I let somebody else dictate that, and I got us lost. and and I, you know, I apologized and, and then that night I'm sitting around the campfire and I can't at night, I cannot see at dark when it gets dark period. And I had got done all these like crazy things in my life to, so people wouldn't know that like, you know, I'd be like, oh, I don't feel good. I can't go out, you know, cause I didn't want to be out at night and but I had to go to this campfire because it was the last night and they were giving, you know, awards and stuff. And I had to go to this campfire and we got, I got down there, the sun went down and then we were all supposed to head back up to the cabins. And I did not have a freaking clue where to go. And I hear all these canes, you know, coming up the trail. I'm going to cry just thinking about it. And I just stopped and it was the most beautiful sound in the world, these canes, because <laughs> I knew that they knew where they were going because they had these tools with them. And so I just waited till they kind of passed and and I just followed, I followed them and got back up to the main cabin. And um, after that, I came home and I pulled my cane out of the closet and have not been one without one since. And, there I was, I was supposed to be the mentor and this leader and this guide and this teacher. Yeah, I was ashamed. I was ashamed to use my cane around other blind people. I mean, that's how bad it was, Evan. Um,
1: wow. Yeah,
0: and, and and I, it was just, that was my turning point. Like, how ridiculous is this? That I'm ashamed of my blindness, yet I put other people's lives in jeopardy, uh, including my my own, and I give up every opportunity that I've ever been given. After the you know, I was like an anti vampire, right? (laughs) The sun goes down, I can't go out, you know. And um, how much of my life did I miss because I wouldn't use? And I knew how to use a cane. I've been taught how to use a cane since I was nine years old. I knew how to use it you know, and, um, but man, mm-hmm. being there in the dark and in the woods and not knowing where I was and hearing those canes come up the trail, it was the, that was the shifting point for me.
1: <laughs> so i had never heard that story before. That uh, was pretty incredible. Uh, 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 I
0: thought you were,
1: a vampire, I, <laughs> you were a vampire.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Evan, thank you so, so much for being on with me today and having this really, deep dive into this conversation. I didn't know where it was going to go, but I think it went to some really amazing places. And thank everybody out there for continuing to come back to Aftersight week after week after week. And I definitely want to thank everybody at Audio Information Network of Colorado for all the hard work, including Evan here on podcasts like Aftersight, Blindsight, Topic of the Month month and all of the other programming, as well as our incredible volunteers that Evan mentioned earlier. And please, please don't forget to donate to Colorado Gives Day. Just go to AINColorado.org, give what you can. Every dollar is greatly appreciated. And remember to be kind to yourself and find a way to be kind to someone else. It's good for your soul.